Hello and welcome to Holly's Hotspurs, where I, your host, Holly Agambar, will be talking all the latest news and gossip, along with a few heated opinions on the club we all love, Tottenham Hotspur. Now you can watch this unfold live with me and my guests over on YouTube at my channel, Holly Agambar. But for now, let's sit back and discuss what has been happening at Tottenham. Hopefully, we've been living lavish. It's live where I'm once again wearing the zero shirt because I've got zero ambition on the pitch and off the pitch. But we'll get into that later. But with me tonight to discuss the game and everything else that's circling around the club at the moment, I'm joined with another two great guests. I have Spurs News, otherwise known as Dara. Dara, how are you today? Yeah, all good, Holly. Um, I'm feeling good personally, but uh, about Spurs, yeah, not so good. Not so good. No, it seems to be the overall vibe at the moment, which isn't great. Um, and I'm also joined by Luke from Rivalry Aside TV. Luke, how are you today? Yeah, I've been a lot better, I think, than I am today. But look, we have to move on, don't we, and, and face the next game on Sunday and, and see where it takes us from there, I think. I think the only positive to take from that is that it's the last one of the season. So that's the only positive I'm looking <laughs> forward to the game on the Sunday, so to speak. But anyway, before we kind of talk about the club as a whole and everything that we've seen this week, I think we should just start with the game. Get that out of the way. And obviously, there was another defeat once again, but this time with actual fans in the ground, which um, I think for me has actually pissed me off as well because the, I mean, the match itself was horrendous. And obviously, we're getting into the fees and all that later, but 60 quid to witness that. I'd be I'd be stamping myself basically to to witness that. But anyway, to start with, obviously the lineup came out. I'm not even going to discuss Dyer and why Rodon's not there because I have this conversation every week and I'm getting tired of it. But nevertheless, I think we need to talk about the other defender, which for me I think was man of the match for Villa, and that is Regulon. Dara, I'll come to you first. What is going on with Regulon? <clears throat> Do you know what? I, it's really hard to put the nail in the head with Regulon because. With Regulon, he seems to kind of lose the head defensively. Um, going forward, we know his um, attacking attributes are incredible. Um, he's a great crosser of the ball. Um, he's great pace and everything. He's just very erratic, I think. Um, he seems to just like trash himself at things, which which can be good in certain instances, but like it just leads him into these situations that he doesn't need to be in. He, it's like he does the things... He doesn't particularly need to do well. He does them well. And he doesn't do the basics well at all. Like, clearing that ball yesterday is basics. Like, that ball that was whipped in there, you just clear... Like, if he put his foot on that ball, it actually would have spun away. He just drove at it. Like, he sliced completely across it. An own goal of that, oh, it was just... It was actually awful to watch. It really was pathetic. And then, the second time for... He had one chance to clear it right. He got caught. And then he did the exact same thing again. But the same player. who's standing right in front of him. Like, I mean, it's just, it, this is basics here you're talking. This isn't, you know, this isn't Einstein football here. Like, this is simple stuff. You know, you you pick a free man, you go back if you need to. You don't play the same ball again. Um, but yeah, I was really disappointed in him. Um, players who you wanted to step up in the last few weeks, they really haven't. Um, and that goes all around the pitch. It's not just Regulon. I know Regulon had a shocker last night, but there's been a few absolute stinkers um the last few weeks and it's just not acceptable really to be honest lack of lack of fight lack of desire lack of concentration it's, it's pathetic really it's just a, a running theme at the moment and like chris says here with an amazing surname the fact that obviously <laughs> region is good going forward 
But defensively, we're seeing mistake after mistake. And I don't know about you, Luke, but obviously we have these tendencies of getting these players that are good in one aspect, but then can't do the basics. What do you kind of make of Reglion? Do you think maybe his injury uh, during the season has caused him to have these odd um, things happening in the game where he's just not concentrating? Or do you think it's the generics of the whole team in that kind of sense? They're just a lacking confidence. I don't know, because even before he got injured, when he when we first signed him, I can't remember exactly. If it was against Chelsea, I think, where he come flying in and just slid straight past the player, you know, trying to get back, trying to use his pace, trying to, you know, use his attributes that he does have. And I'm not saying he's a bad player, of course. You know, I'm glad that in a way that he's playing badly at the moment so that, you know, Madrid can't activate that buyback clause this summer. Um, it's someone that I think will take time. He's still young, so it will take time for him to come good. But... You know, I agree wholeheartedly. I think Ben Davis is a solid job in terms of being a very, very defensive-minded left-back. <laughs> he's not the best left-back, but he's more solid defensively. And Jose used to like him for those defensive games. Um, but Reguilon is much better going forward. His crossing's much better. Um, you know, he's got much better attack-minded uh, way of playing. But, um, yeah... I don't know. I don't know what to say about him. I just, he was the worst player on the park by a mile last night. He should have come off at half time. And I want to point out, he, he could have scored two go- two own goals in two games if it hadn't have been for Hugo Lloris last week against Leeds. Mm. And they scored right. anyway, so. Yeah. That is such the worrying sign. Like you say, like, what what is going through his mind? I just don't understand it. One minute it's hot, one minute it's cold. It's never consistent. And I don't. We know. always have this with fullbacks as well. Like fullbacks, mm. we've never really, you know, apart from we say Carl Walker, maybe Kieran Trivia, but you know, apart from that left wing left back, especially, you know, even when Gareth Bell was left back for us all those years ago, he was dreadful as a left back as well. So I think that's why they moved him forward. Um, so I don't know. We've always had a problem. I, you know, maybe someone could tell me, but I don't remember a decent left back we've had for a long time. Danny Rose, come on, man. <laughs> Danny Rose lives off that wonder goal against Arsenal. That's about it. Danny Rose was class, man. Come on. He was good for a few seasons. He was. No, he was class. I'm not going to say he's not, but like all things. I, I think, think he struggled defensively, of... sorry, as well. No, he wasn't the best player. Well, I mean, it's okay. I mean, he did the job. <laughs> I mean, Alan here makes a great comment. It wouldn't matter if Reglan wasn't great defensive, our centre backs were any good. I mean, I agree to an extent, Alan, 100%, but. What Reguilon did yesterday, you can't even you can't even make excuses for him. I just he never worked his feet out. He didn't. He wasn't thinking ahead of the game as a, as a as a left back like that. You kind of always have to think on your feet, and he pretty much waited till the ball got to him and then panicked. And we saw that again with the second goal. Obviously, he panicked with the clearance, like you said, Dara. Then the second clearance, you think yourself, "Come on, mate, wake up!" And I think that's just the thing that have kind of gone amiss in the squad. I mean, I want to talk about something positively, which is um, not going to happen much in the show tonight. But Stephen Bergwijn. We haven't seen him for a very long time. Now, my, I mean, you might know Mel Sabellos, but she has literally been praising Stevie B for so long. And I don't know about you, but when he scored, that was it. I was tweeting her straight away. What do you make, um, Dara, of uh, Stevie B's goal? And do you think it's time we see him more often or is it too little too late? No, definitely not too little too late. I think Stevie Bergwijn needs a good season under his belt now next season. Um, and I think he'll probably get it. Um, don't know what the story is with Bale. Um, I was screaming for him to sign... Uh, next season again a couple of weeks ago I would still think he should 
Um, but we need to be rotating him a bit more with Bergwijn. I think Bergwijn is a serious player and under the right manager can definitely flourish. Not playing him out of position, making him do defensive duties, all this crack. Mourinho had him basically as a second right back for some of the season, which is fine, but it really limits him. It really limits him. Like, I think use a player for what he's what he's best at and trying to make a player into something he's not... I just I don't know about like making Bergwijn do all those defensive duties. Track him back, fine. But you, you never saw him burst into the box. I think last night he had probably our best chances. I think he got three shots on target. I'd say if you added up about 10 games under Mourinho, he wouldn't have three shots on target. Um, and I think that was part and parcel of the, the um, beginning of his downfall this season. He just wasn't getting forward. Um, I think he's serious pace. You saw last night he can burst through a defence... I mean, he got past with, I think it was two or three tackles um, and smashed it in full of confidence. You swear he was scoring goals all season. Um, definitely didn't look like a player bereft of confidence. Um, he kind of petered out towards the end of the game, but that's to be expected with a player that hasn't played 90 minutes in God knows how long. Um, which I know I'm a big fan of Bergwijn. Um, he gets a lot of stick, but no, I think there's a player there 100%. He just needs to be a bit more productive next season and I guarantee fans' heads will turn as they do with everything. They change every two months, want him in, want him out. I think Bergwijn give him a chance, definitely. Hmm. No, and it's interesting you say that because like you said, I mean, when did he score? It was like, the first, I mean, I was eating my harvester at the time and I was a bit shaken back when I saw the notification from Tottenham, like, we scored already? Like, And then I actually watched the guy and like you said, the, the way he burst through and managed to get his shot on target as well and score as well. And like you said, Luke, I think it's confidence with Bergwijn, isn't it? I think it's a lot of confidence in that kind of respect. Do you think hopefully now this is the turning point for him as well? Like Luke, uh, like Dara said, do you think we need him possibly next season? Yeah, potentially. It depends on how you play him, right? It depends on which position you want to play him in. depends um, how you play him because, look, he's still 23 years old. So, um, he's still got a lot of, you know, time to mature, time to develop his game. Do I think he's best suited on the right wing? Probably not. Do I think he may be better suited? Now I say this about everyone, but playing potentially <laughs> behind the striker. This is where he scored from last night. You know, he was in that position. That's where he ch- he broke off two, three challenges and scored from the center of the goal. Do we often see him cutting in from the right hand side? You know, as an inverted winger, that type of thing. No, but what options do we have? You know, all of our players that play in that position, Lucas that plays in the exact same positions, better playing through the middle. They all seem to be much better playing through the middle. I'm not, I'm not sure what you do with him. That's the issue. Like, who do you play? Who do you drop? Um, next season, do, does he play there? Does Lucas play there? Um, I, I'm just going off the idea of having Bale back. I just don't think it's worth it. Um, I just I don't know I don't know what's happened. Look, I've, I'm glad for him. Right on my show last night, we made our score predictions, and I said it'd be two one Spurs and Bergwijn would score first. Bergwijn scored, and we lost two one. But the numbers were right. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. It just I'd like I definitely want him to stay 100 percent because there's a there's a talent in there. It's just how we utilize it, and that's what we need. Because it's imperative in the next month we sign a new manager. You know, that for me is imperative before any other business is done. But what could happen by then? By then, we could have already lost out on certain decent players, but I'm sure we'll go into that shortly. Oh, 100%. Um, But yeah, I I like what you're saying. The thing is, I think a lot of these players do play better in the middle, and it's just trying to rotate where's best. But I think seeing Bergwijn score is going to do him a world of good. I mean, 
obviously under Jose he wasn't played so much and he was like I said Darren Lee, he was played out of position and that probably has dampened his spirits and that kind of thing but hopefully he can kick on and obviously we keep him next season because let's be honest I think we've got a lot of problems and to keep Bergwijn I think it'll be a good thing going forward but before we move away from the game I just want to talk about Jeff at Tanganga now we saw him play at right back again last night and obviously he did go off the pitch in a stretcher which is a worrying tale because like we said we all think Tanganga um, has a big future ahead of him at Tottenham. So, uh, Dara, what did you make of Tanganga's involvement last night? <clears throat> I've uh, I've said it from the start. I really disagree with putting Tanganga right back. Um, I've seen a few takes on Twitter that he should be the man going forward. That is pure panic. He is not a right back. Like you saw, I think there was one stage last night, he got a ball in a decent area, he had loads of space, and he drove his cross straight out. And... Don't get me wrong, I'm a huge fan of Tanganga, and I think he should be developed as a centre-back. But we made this mistake with Dyer when we weren't sure what position he was going to play, and he wasn't sure himself where he wanted to play centre-back, centre-midfields. Is he going to play his right-back? He played all his positions, and he ended up being none of them. Like, Dyer's, like, uh, as he is, he's absolutely diabolical. Um, can't play centre-back, can't play midfield because he can't pass the ball. Can't play right-back he can't cross the ball. Like... And I don't want Tanganga to end up like that. If you don't specialise a player in a position, I think he's going to struggle. There's very few players, about the likes of like Josh Kimmich and Philip Lamb from Bayern, you're not going to get a player that versatile. So I think you need to specialise him and focus on a position and getting his positioning right with regards to centre-back. <clears throat> I think he's much better when he's facing the play, um, when he has a bit of time on his hands. Um, yeah, I don't think he's just got that, that drive, that attacking nature in his game um, and I think you need that in a modern day right back you look at the Liverpool right back left back you look at the City right back left back they're all attack minders um, that's just a modern game um, before you might, might have got away with it 20 years ago but not now and I just don't think Tanganga is a right back thought he played okay last night I'll put that on record as well I don't think he was terrible but I just don't think he's a right back going forward Um Luke might disagree with me, but uh, I actually, yeah, no, I don't think he's right back. I just don't. Yes. And it and it is interesting you said that, um, Dara, because obviously we were talking about just a minute ago how our centre-backs are crap and the fact that our wingers do like to go forward. And imagine if we did have good defenders. That's the thing, because we see that with obviously Liverpool. That's the yeah. exact DNA. So mm-hmm. it is interesting you put it like that. Now, I know Luke's probably going to flip everything on the head. So Luke, yeah. far away. Well, what do you make of Tanganga? Look, I think that I agree with Dara in the sense of he's probably better suited to being a centre-back. Where do I see him developing as a player quicker? Probably at right-back. And the reason I say that is because right this summer, we will sign at least one centre-back. And then if everybody wants Joe Rodon to play, for example, then where does Jaffet Tanganga fit in? At which point does anybody see him having a regular starting spot centre-back? I would say no time in the next one to two seasons minimum. But what I do like about him playing right back, and I'll try and explain it again. I've explained it a few times. Mm-hmm. So Reguion's very attack-minded, right? So he bombs forward a lot. We get caught out when he's caught further up the pitch. With Jaffet Tanganga playing right back, the centre-backs can all shift across. We then play a three at the back, and he is playing in his preferred position, which would be right-sided centre-back. It's not a great thing to do but it's currently an option that's better than any other option we have on the table but saying that I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him out for the next six to seven months with that injury you know I, mm. I don't know the extent of it but I would say it's very similar like ACL type injury um, you know a knee, a knee a knee ligament injury basically is what I would say it probably was but um, 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think for a right back, he has different attributes. He's strong. He's powerful. I think he does have a bit of pace in him. You know, it's not huge amounts like the likes of Reguilon or Cancelo or um, somebody like that. But I think that he could, you know, Dara's right. He could end up like another Eric Dyer. He could end up changing so many positions and never fitting in. But sometimes you need to take that chance to elevate yourself. And at centre-back, I think he's just so limited in game time that it would hamper his development and it could see a low move or something like that, which is not what we want. Yeah, this is the thing, and, and this is what we're going to lead on to, because obviously <laughs> we all know with the egg behind me, I'm, I'm not really a big fan of the owners, and I think a lot of people are leaning towards that at the moment. We never have this problem about playing Tanganga right back. We actually sorted the problem in the first place and got a right yeah. back when Kyle Walker left. That's the thing, and this is the thing that irritates me so much, because we're sat here, and Luke, what you've said yep. is brilliant, because right now that is the only best option I can see. Because yeah. we know we're not going to get a right back in. We ideally need a centre back to come in. The only other but, thing, sorry, it would work is if he played as a right side in a three and we had wing backs, but then nobody likes wing backs because when we played that under Mourinho, because that would that would utilize Regrion's best position, in my opinion. He wouldn't have to do so much defending being a wing back. Also, when Sessignon comes in, he's a natural wing back as well, as opposed to being a left back. So that may work if you've got yourself in a decent wing back, which we actually do, did have, who's turned out to be the worst wing back I've ever seen in my entire life, uh, Matt Doherty. Yeah. So I don't know. Sorry, I'll let you carry on, but that's my no, rant no. Tanganga. <laughs> no, but what you said is true. And, and it's just the fact that we wouldn't have this problem. We wouldn't have to try and chop and change and push players into different positions if we actually mm. fix the problem when it arose. That's the thing yeah. for me. And that kind of leads us on to the, to the next point, which um, I sadly feel is going to take presence over this whole video, which is obviously the Enikout levy and obviously the whole Kane rumours that have been flying around the last week or so. And obviously when Sky Sports said that Kane was leaving, we all kind of sat there and thought, oh yeah, it's the generic rumours that have happened every summer. But for me, I think something has changed this summer. Um, and that kind of leads into what we obviously saw last night. Now, Dara, at the end of the game, we saw that um, Kane went over to the stand and applauded all the fans. And there was parts in the games you just thought, he's had enough. And for someone that's played football and, and had enough at some clubs, you think to yourself, yeah, I, I feel the same way. So, Dara, what do you kind of make of all the, the Sky Sports rumours and that? Yeah, look, um, it's a tough one with Kane. Do you let him go? Do you give him his will, well wishes now um, when he's very clearly? I think, I don't know if you saw that interview with Gary Neville um, on the golf course earlier, but it seemed fairly much like he's set on going. He said he needs to have a serious chat with the chairman. He still needs to, he still has another seven, eight years to play in his career. So he thinks he's only halfway through his career and he's so much more still to play for. He said he wants to be playing in the biggest games and it sickens him to be looking at the Champions League at home. He won't be playing Champions League next season, obviously, if he's staying in Spurs. So I think the writing's on the wall regards what Harry wants. It's a matter of if we get the offer in, do we let him go? Um, reluctantly, obviously, I think, yes, you let him go. I do. I think, why would you... like After all he's done for us and after all the absolute muck we've put him through and the empty promises we've given him I think you have to reward him I mean he's stuck with us through thick and thin he's changed positions he's worked through injuries he's played finals with injuries he's worked so hard for this club and team he's put his heart and soul into everything he's a proper Spurs man he's the best striker we've ever had in my lifetime at least 
and it would kill me. I, I will ball crying the day he leaves, but reluctantly, I think the writing's on the wall there. And if the offer comes in, I think now is the time. Now is the time because what is 150 mil is the number being touted around the place? Yeah. Is Levy ever going to reject that? I know I've seen Paul O'Keefe um, tweeting, he's saying that the balls is kind of in Levy's hands. Yes, it is. Obviously, he has the final say. Kane signed the contract. And the thing is, like, it is, it is his fault in a way. But at the same time, what do you do in these situations? I mean, the player wants to go. He's just shy of handing a transfer request. He's too much respect for Spurs to actually do that. And the fact that we've actually let it come this bad to have a player that loves us so much that wants to leave us, it's despicable. It's unforgivable and it, it should never, ever be forgotten. No, 100%. And I kind of agree with everything you said in the sense that the time, I think, for him is now. The fact that he said in the interview he's been at this club for 16 years and he was going on about the fact that, obviously, they, I think Gary Neville was talking about Shearer and, and um, personal accolades. And he was like, I want to be the best I can be. And yes. then to me, that kind of says, I'm not really too fussed about personal accolades. They're great, mm. but I want to win something. So for mm. you, Luke, I know we've had this conversation before on the channel, but after everything that's kind of happened in the, in the last week or so, do you think maybe time is running out for Kane being a Spurs player next season? Yeah, probably. Um, you know, Cody's in the chat and he he mentioned uh, on my channel last night and there's a, you know, David who's on my channel as a little bit of a bet between them and I've got one actually um a bet for charity with a guy who's a Liverpool fan on our channel and uh the loser pays the winner's charity 50 pounds if you know if Harry Kane leaves or doesn't leave um so that should be that should be some good fun for us over the summer but look in terms of Harry Kane Dara's right you can't begrudge him for leaving right if he leaves Spurs where am I here these pictures aren't coming down do you know what I mean they're staying up because to me he's still a Spurs legend He's, you know, one of the best players that I've ever witnessed at Spurs. And he didn't always, wasn't always that player, you know. If I go back many, many years, I wrote on Facebook and all these different things, you know, how much I didn't like Harry Kane really early on when he first broke in. There's still a there's still a picture of him and Jamie Vardy in a playoff game. Uh, I think he's on loan at Leicester and they're both sat on the bench. And look at them now, you know, they're both incredible strikers. Does he deserve to win the biggest trophies in in the land? Yes, he does. Um, does he? Did he look last night like he wanted to go? Yes. But do I think that someone's coming in with 150 million? I just can't see it. And the reason why I can't see it is because there are better options, in my opinion, out there for cheaper. That's the only thing I'm holding on to. You know, there are players running out of contracts. You know, next summer Harland will be 80 million pound buyout clause. Um, there are plenty of players that have low contracts left on them. I don't know. You never know, right? City could come in. And I think that Levy accepts anywhere between 130 and 150. I don't know if he, he'd hold out for the, the full 150. But the ball's in, in Levy's court in the sense of if he shows some ambition now, maybe it's too little too late. But if, if they act fast enough and they show some ambition quickly, there is a chance it could be saved, I think. You know, if the right manager is brought in, in the sense of we'll show some ambition. If they bring in Graham Potter, Scott Parker, anybody like that, he's out the door. If they bring in somebody with some real ambition, then there is potential. If they start investing early, there is there is potential. But 
you know, I would say it's a 90% chance he, he leaves now um, because Man United and Man City, they can, they can find that cash from somewhere and they'll make it back through, you know, through competition fees, through television rights, through um, shirt sales. They'll make that back quite easily. But look, for a player that cost us nothing, 150 million would be lovely, wouldn't it? But will we ever see that money? Probably not. No, and that's what kind of leads me on to the next thing. That's the thing that worries me, obviously. Kane going, I think in myself, I'm like, it's already a done deal. Like, I'm already preempting it. But what I'm worried about is whether we're going to invest that money properly. You take bail, it'll literally be bail money 2.0, I feel sadly. And this kind of leads me on to the next fact, which is the fact that, obviously, as you can tell behind me, I've got the egg behind me in a cow, and I did go to the protest because I want my voices heard. And I think there was a lot of disgust in the stadium last night. I think somebody's already put it in the in the chat, which is the fact that we paid 60 quid. The fans <laughs> were put right at the top of the stadium and they were um, promised after the game that the players would come out and do a lap of honour. Now, they waited an hour for that to happen. Um, so for me, I think we're taking as right mugs, personally. I'm just going to put it out there. I've had enough. Mm-hmm. We're taking as right mugs. We're not we're not fans. We're numbers and pound seat on, on seats at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We are for our emails as well. After every defeat, there's always like, oh, let's go buy. You can get 50% off of the Skywalk, this, that and the other. So for you, Darren, I'm just kind of get your kind of thoughts and feelings on, obviously, Enik and, and Levy at the moment. I am absolutely sick to my tea to them. Honest to God. Every time they have any opportunity at all to try and make amends with the fans after all the shite they've put us through for years, they blow it every single time. Last yesterday should have been a decent occasion. Okay, we didn't see it on the pitch. The absolute very least you can do is go out and show some appreciation that people have paid £60 to watch that absolute drivel on the field. It's just so disrespectful. And the statements they've come out with, Levy admitting in the programme that they've lost their DNA and all this crack, it's too bloody late for that. You, you did that. You and your board did that. And he goes on as if it's kind of, oh, it's all our collective issue, we've lost our DNA. You're not one of us. I mean, you're the face of that board and you make these decisions. The fact that we lost our DNA is not good enough. You can't just expect us to accept that we've just lost our DNA. Like, that's not good enough. There's no excuse for doing that. There's no excuse for selling your soul like they have, for putting all that money into the stadium, for all these investments, the NFL and stuff is brilliant. Yeah, grand. You're getting all that money. Superb. Yeah, finances are all in check. What about us? What about us? I mean, what do we get out of this all? Nothing. We see nothing. Um, and I think it's like they've, they've gone too far now, to be honest. And it was the European Super League that killed it for me. Absolutely killed it. I was always kind of saying, mm, "Yeah, look, there's a way. There's a way forward. Not anymore. There's no way out of that now anymore. They've absolutely killed any sort of last straw that they had, any nerve that they had. It's gone now. And I absolutely, I just want to put on record now, Holly. I think you're absolutely fantastic. Every one of you that went to that um, protest, I would have been there myself if I was in country. Um, absolutely applaud every one of you." Um, it needed to be done. Um, it would have been even better if there was more there and it got more documentation and stuff. But look, the people that were there, fair play to every one of you, needed to be done. And I'm delighted it happened because at least they know now the feelings are out. This is how we feel. And I think if they got an acceptable bid, see, they're trying to out, they're trying to set a price that's unrealistic. I think the price out now is two and a half billion or something for the club. They're trying to out price the 
the selling of the club now is what they're trying to do, trying to make their money before they leave. I think they would leave if you give them the opportunity. Let's just hope someone, some amicable person <laughs> will actually decide to buy us out of it because someone needs to. Exactly. Uh, and this is a thing that I always get talked about in the fact that, but you never you never saw the days of Alan Sugar. You never saw the days when we go bankrupt. But I'm bored of mediocrity. But mm. <laughs> why would you dictate to me or bigot me the fact that I want more from this football club? Because let's be honest, we've got an amazing stadium. We've got, we are always reactive and not proactive. And that's the thing that really, really ticks me off. And like I say, the Super League for me did it. The fact that we had to wait so long for an announcement, and it feels like the announcement only happened because the protest was around the corner and he was shitting it, basically. Mm. And then, again, the game last night was just an absolute shambles. So, Luke, I've, I've had your opinion before, and I, I just want to see if it's it's leaning more. I know you said that you are leaning towards more edit out. For you, is the deal done now? Are you've had enough? Or can you still see some sort of hope at the end of the tunnel? It's getting more and more difficult to argue, you know, an on-the-fence opinion. Um, I'm far from being any kid. Um, it's just that I know I, it, it is a. We, we've had a terrible season. We have had a terrible season. Trust me. You know the thought last night of of Arsenal finishing above us on, on Sunday um, that killed me. To be honest, you know, last night was a shambles. I want to start with the statement. So the statement to like the untrained eye looks all fluffy duffy, right? If you read between the lines, it it reads that potentially they understand what's happening and it will change. The bit that I don't like is a 250 million pounds, you know, the the wrong players are bought, etc. Um, well, that's not my problem, you know? Like that's like saying, well we spent the money, we just fucked it up, you know? And that that's not an excuse, right? You can't you can't say this is the problem but it's because of this. You need to just hold your hands up and say, we are sorry for, for that. Yeah. You know, in terms of the fans being sat so far away, there's an obvious reason for that. And I don't, you know, people can say it's advertising or the rest of it. In my opinion, it's to stop them from being so close to the pitch because they knew how, you know, annoyed um, the fans were. You know, I was speaking to, to Wes Holly today quite a lot. And he was at the game last night and he said, you know, as, as you said, an hour they had to wait. And the players weren't even going to come out. Now, that's not the board's fault. That's the players for being absolutely spineless. You know, they didn't come out last night because they were too scared and they didn't want to get booed around the pitch. So what? They came out last night and they played fine for 10 minutes and then threw the entire game for the other 80 minutes. Have some balls, come out and walk around the pitch. You know, if I was Ryan Mason, I would be the first one out walking around there and saying either follow me or don't. Um, but no one did. No one had the, that, you know, that the announcer said, right, everybody wait here. The player's going to come out in a bit. And then they repeated the announcement and said, right, everybody go home. And never said that the players weren't coming out. And it, if it wasn't for people waiting and chanting and booing, a few players decided to finally come out an hour later after the game. And they walked around half the pitch and then went back in. Like, that's not good enough. And we can, we can blame the board. That's fine. But there is a serious mentality problem at Spurs, and that does need to change. You know, for me, I'm going to be honest, for me, this summer is the most crucial. You know, now is the time where the board need to prove that they can do things properly, okay? Prove that they can make the right statements. Prove that they can um, 
sorry, make the right signings, prove that they can spend the money wisely, prove that they understand exactly what's happened in the last however long, you know, especially the last few months with the protests and everything else. If they don't do that for me, then it's done. There's there's nothing else I can say, you know. If they don't see, I always think, right, you should give someone something, right? So everyone's spoken their word. They've claimed by statements they've heard us. They've claimed that they understand what's going on. Well, then now here's your chance, right? This is what I'm giving you. I'm giving you this summer. Prove it or don't bother anymore. Because, you know, the one problem I have with selling the club is who buys it. You know, who comes in? We've seen too many clubs be absolutely ruined by billionaires who don't care. You know, the one thing I did love about Spurs being owned by, you know, effectively, finger quotes, British owners, you know, um, I did like that, you know, and I liked how we became financially viable properly. You know, it took some time, but, you know, we got there the right way. It would be great to be owned by Man City owners and buy the league every season, but part of me wants to do it the right way. And we were getting there until they, you know, stopped spending. And that, you know, and that really does it for me. So let's see what happens um, this time. You know, people don't agree with my opinion and that's absolutely fine. But, you know, I'm definitely leaning towards you guys' court, you know. Uh, (laughs) Spending the the summer or or don't bother because there's no excuse anymore. You know, I can't make any more excuses. No, (laughs) and like I said, Luke, every time you come on here and you give your opinion, I'm all for it. Because at the end of the day, we need to sort these things out because to make each other better educated in a sense. Because I 100% agree with what you're saying in the sense that we have tried to do it the right way. But the thing that's that ticked me off time and time again is that they make mistake time and time yeah. again. You say, uh, well, we need to spend money. We do need to spend money. But like you said earlier, we need to spend it in the right way. And for me, I just mm. don't think they can because a leopard never changes their spot, sadly. And I, I don't think Levy and Enik are going to be the first people to ever do that ever. So for me, I 100% what you're saying, Luke. I mean, Michael here says... Um, uh it does and i actually because i forgot what you said about the players and it's just bring back to me now that michael said that the fact that the players don't seem to even care shows to me that this club is rotten from the core yeah. and pochettino went on about this this painful rebuild this that and the other but i never imagined it'd be this bad and he was a man from the inside he came out and said that and it seems to me we just need to find the reset button personally i mean f- I don't even know what to ask next. I mean, where where can we go from this? Like you said, we need a big sum up, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think the only way maybe that we could kind of rescue it is to try and get a director of football. But Luke, uh, Dara, sorry, we've been here before. We've had a director of football. He didn't get on with Levy. Yeah, see, my, my, my problem is I have no problem with this this rebuild crack. How, how long was this since that past year? Is that two years ago? We've had yeah. so many opportunities to do this rebuild. I, I keep hearing rebuild and restart and stuff. That's fine. We do. We do need that. Will we get it, though? It's the problem. Like, we needed to do this last summer. We needed to back Jose last summer. We didn't do it. As much as, like, he wanted Bruno, he wanted Diaz, he wanted Skriniar. We didn't give him any of them. We're not able to do it. He won't. They won't spend the money. They won't spend the wages. They don't have the ambition. I just don't think that they truly have their hearts in it. I think they treat Spurs as a business. And... Look, that's fine to an extent. They, it is a money. They do own it. They can do what they want. They want to turn their money. They're getting it. But they run a football club. It seems like it's money first, football after. And that can't be the way you run a football club. Um, that's just my opinion. Like I just don't think the football is a priority for them. And that's an issue, surely. You know, you own a football club. Football is your priority. When, when, was, when was Joe Lewis last at a game? Like He's technically the owner. I've, I've never seen him at a game. 
or once a season, twice a season. Like that's that's actually farce. Same as Liverpool, their owners, that's why they're thick. That's why the United owners are thick at the Glazers. It's the same all all around. They're never at the games. That Leicester owner there, phenomenal. Phenomenal. It was an unbelievable yeah. job. They're doing it the right way and they're getting successful because there's a good atmosphere around that club. The players are fighting for that badge. We we have an absolutely poisonous and Lucas bang on about those players. There's an absolutely poisonous atmosphere around Spurs at the moment. And that goes from the top down. And something seriously needs to change. And I think that serious thing does have to be number one, the board, and then afterwards the owners maybe, but the board, absolutely good God, they are some shower. Unbelievable. Um yes. <laughs> sorry if I've done a bit of a rant there. <laughs> but uh yeah, just venting here a little bit. <laughs> And like you said, obviously, we've mentioned the board and now Levy's come out and said that there will be, obviously, fan representation, Luke. Um, Mm. But obviously, as you kind of know, I don't know whether that fan representation is going to be someone like us three, someone that bleeds this tea. I think it'll be Us three can just join together. I reckon so. I think we'd do a good deal. So for you, Luke, I've said this so much. We know that for me, Levy and Anik have made us a worldwide brand which for me, I hold my hands up, is amazing. Yeah. But for me, people say he's a great businessman. A great businessman would obviously realise, I mean, we all kind of realise, if your team was perfect or was good on the pitch, you'd accumulate more money off the pitch. Now, I don't know how he's not seen this kind of link for me. So that being said, Luke, I mean, I just don't even know where to go. Do you think that, like we said, we know that Levy have pumped money to make us a worldwide brand. For us fans... What do you think is the best way to to make our voices heard? We've had protests, but again, like Saturday, it wasn't the best. But I also feel boycotting games, not buying team shirts, isn't going to help any cause because we're a worldwide brand. So for you, Luke, what's what's the way forward, in a sense, for, for fans to be represented for what they want? I don't know. I think that, like, you have to use what you what tools you have, right? If you're able to go to the games, if you live in the local area, then go to the games and make your voices heard, you know? Um, <laughs> don't, you know, so, right, I'll go through it in stages, right? Go to the games, sing as loud as you can, but make it heard about what you what you want as opposed to cheering he's one of our own all day long, you know? If you can't attend the game, attend the ground, you know? Make your voices heard outside the ground. One protest will not get what you want done, okay? Not buying the club shirts, is a very small part of it. If you don't want to do that, just like if you like to recycle things, you don't like to put it in the bin, just do it, you know, and be, and keep doing it, right? Um, make your voices heard on social media. You know, we already heard, we already saw that, you know, with the ESL, our voices were heard by all of the clubs, even if it was just social media, even if it was um, other things. I No, don't break into the ground. Don't cause trouble. Like, none of that does anything. Do you know what I mean? Boycotting that Liverpool game did absolutely nothing for Manchester United. The Glazers didn't care. They were in Manchester. They were in America, sorry. They didn't care. Um, so, it has to be a regular thing and it has to continue and it has to be loud enough. Daniel Levy's at the games, right? He's there, unlike a lot of board members. It has to happen mm. a lot, you know? Apart from that, I, I really, really don't know what else you can do. You know, um, it fan representation on the board is only good if it comes from the fans. Now, I don't know if I'm making this up, but I'm sure I read that there'll be like some like public vote or something, so we'll get to choose who's 
the fan representation. I'm sure I read that unless I made that up last night in my head. Um, Imagine but... expressions on the board. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, there's got to be somebody somewhere. But if they get to pick who it is, it's not going to help anything, is it? It's just going to be a yes man again. Um, I don't know what, what people can do. You know, we have to just keep... <laughs> Just, just keep trying. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. We've got to try something, right? Um, I just, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what what the best thing is. You know, if they don't start spending, so what happens is right. So they got away with not spending a lot, and then they went. Then we started doing well. Finished third in the Premier League. Probably should have finished second or wherever it was. Right. At that point, you need to back again, mm. right? But they didn't. They thought, okay, that was good. Next season, we'll have the same squad and we'll build on that. Unfortunately, it doesn't... Um... <laughs> 60,000 fans chip in £5,000 each. Who's got five grand? Jesus, I don't know. I'll find, I'll find the cash somehow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um Backpacking or something. Yeah, exactly. Um I've lost train of thought now. I don't know. Sorry, that's my yeah. fault for picking stuff up. No, that's um, all right. I just want to point out. I mean, I, I've tried. I've already tried to cover this. Um, we can okay. refuse that, but Michael, mate, if I don't buy a ticket, someone else will jump in yeah, my yeah, seat yeah, yeah. because they're a worldwide brand. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing, Michael. That you kind of have to under kind of understand, but in that kind of respect. I've always said that I think a protest is probably the only way forward because I've said this multiple times. One isn't going to work. We've all kind of agreed on that kind of sentiment. Yeah. But if we keep turning up to these games, keep making noise, keep disrupting things, these sponsors are going to be like, oh, well, hang on, what's going on here then? Then they're going to be like, well, I don't want to be associated with these clubs, these rabble fans are outside because they're completely, they're moaning that something is wrong. What is wrong? So for me, I think that's the only way we're going to do it. And it's not going to be a one-off. It really isn't. Um... <laughs> you can only shut out the noise for so long, right? So mm. if he's sitting there, he can only shut out the noise for so long. If he decides to stop coming to games and switch on the telly, he can only cut it out for so long. You know, Sky, Sky Sports will only for so long have fake crowd noise on. Do you know what I mean? At some point, unless he watches it on telly at home with the TV on mute, do you know what I mean? Then, like, it's near enough impossible. But it has to be done the right way. As soon as it changes and becomes, um, you know, uh, physical in a way, Right, and you start using force and start breaking into grounds. To me, it diminishes the entire thing. As soon as it flips on that way, mm. it becomes pointless, and your point is lost. And that's where, like the you know, some fans don't understand. You know, go there, make your voices heard. But as soon as you flip it the wrong way, um, your point's lost, and you've already lost lost the fight. Yeah. Yeah. 100% and that's the thing obviously I know someone said Manchester did it the right way and most fans did but you always get those idiots that are going to yeah. take it too far regardless mm. of whatever happens and obviously I think that's just the way we just need to try and find a way to start them the cash and he's been very clever in making us a worldwide brand and someone will just jump in our seat every single time and spray their cash instead so I think protests peaceful protests my ad will be the only way forward but that being said obviously we do have one last game at the weekend thank god um, which is against Leicester. Now, I I don't think the players are going to get up for it because I know that Leicester there are going to want to try and fight for their, their spot in Europe. So, <laughs> Dara, without being too negative, how do oh. you see the game going? <laughs> Let me see. Don't be too negative. Um, <laughs> look, the game hasn't started yet and we haven't seen the lineup yet. That's good. We haven't... <laughs> 
fully, um, what would you say, divulged in what could possibly go wrong. Look, Leicester are a great side. They need to absolutely hammer us because um, I think um, Liverpool are going to win the last game of the season, I'd imagine. And I do think they'll get top four, Liverpool. And so Leicester need to score. I think it's, I think they're three or four goals behind I think it's Liverpool. five. Is it five? Five. Something like that. Oh. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a check now, but carry on. Yeah, no, you could. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'd be lying if I said I was confident going into the game. Anything I saw last night doesn't give me any remote confidence that any of these players care. Um, Kane looks like he's out the door or wants to go out the door. Um, I think, he, what is he, one goal under Mason? Um, yeah, I'd say he's kind of half saved himself for the Euros this stage. The players look like they're on their holidays already. Do they deserve any holidays? Not really. Um, but yeah, look, if we start on the front foot like we did against Villa and maintain that, we seem to sit back and give them a bit of possession, Villa. Um, I know we came under pressure, but do the basics. Do the bloody basics. Do not start winks and dire. I mean, this is just simple stuff. And I love Mason. Everyone loves Mason, but mother of God, how can you possibly be training with the team and say, yeah, that wing stat is better than Ndombele? Like, is he looking at training? Like, he's a puppet. Like, I think I read, was it, is it 95 million we spent on Los Celso and Ndombele combined and we started Harry Winks in midfield? I just... just <laughs> really don't dire i mean why is why is joe rodan done joe rodan must have slept with his missus or something because it's just disgraceful i mean how can you drop joe rodan he's probably been our most solid center back all season um bar toby probably but um yeah like leicester they're a good side they're gonna need to win are we playing for much at this stage our europa conference spot europa conference spot finish ahead of arsenal even yeah, finish ahead of Arsenal. Do they even really care? Most of them boys, some of them do, some of them don't. Yeah. Um, they, should do. they should do. That's the problem. Like they should do, but do they? Um, yeah, look, go in there with a bit of hope, I suppose, but I won't be expecting much. I think Orange Fantasy is the only one that's really feeling for this game. Um, I wish I had your optimism. Please send me some. <laughs> um, I mean, Scott's gone out for the full lineup. I mean, he's even got even play. picked an injured left back. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! It's just if you don't laugh, you're gonna go. Yeah, even a goalkeeper in there, yeah. <laughs> put Davies in goal; he'll be all right with his hands. Oh, Jesus. Oh. But so. Luke, what, what's kind of your thoughts on um on Sunday? What on, I mean, if you can try and predict what's going to happen, go for it. So yeah, so Darrow was right in a sense of they are there's a full goal difference, but. You know, obviously, they probably have to win 5 0, and then Liverpool don't win, or there has to be something, right? There's a five goal shift that needs to happen for them to get top four. So it probably, um, probably won't happen. So there, no. I, I don't know. Look, I, I have to hold hope because I cannot, honestly, my life will not be worth living if we don't finish above Arsenal this season. The amount of people that I know, friends of shows, you know, do other shows, my friends that are Arsenal fans. Oh, no, honestly, I'd have to switch my phone off for a month. Um, it's just not it's just not going to be a good thing. Look, I'm always optimistic. You know me. You know, I know that there's a performance in there somewhere. I'm getting less and less optimistic by the day. And I, I tell you what, I'm glad that this is the last game of the season. Um, but, yeah, who, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? If it's starting to kill you, Luke. We're all done for. I know exactly, mate. That's it. Look, <laughs> oh God, we are really in a dire state. So, you know, I've said this a lot. 
I've said this a lot, um, and I believe that Ryan Mason doesn't pick the team. Yeah, I no, think I, that, you know, I, I think it's all to do with putting people in shop windows, making sure that we're getting the most value in the transfer window. It's the most important time to get players playing, get yeah. them in. That's why Doherty came on last night instead of Aurier because he, they want him to play some game time. You know, yeah, it's it all just, a money thing. It's all a money thing to make people more desirable in the shop window. Um, and that's but, yeah, yeah. Again, but, it's too too little, too late. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah the perfect sure. opportunity. The perfect. This is what I mean. It, I just the more and more I talk about it, and the more and more I get pissed off. But the thing is, we all said in well, most of us said in January, shift Delhi out. He don't want to play there. He's not going to play under Jose. Jose ain't going to pick him. Send him to PSG. Let him play some game time. Perfect opportunity for a shot window. Now they're panicking because they fucked up big time and yeah. now they don't know what to do with it. Like, Let's it, play him every game instead. Yeah, and he's going to have shocking performances because, oh, look, so don't get me wrong, Deli Ali, I think he's still a talent. I think there's something in there, but it's not at Tottenham. I'm done with it now. He clearly doesn't, yeah. doesn't want to be there. What's the point of keeping a player just because of the English, whatever it is? Do you know, I just don't, I don't understand it. Um, oh, dear, just... Tottenham in general just pissed me off. And this is yeah. the thing, us fans, I mean, look at the state of my wall. Like, we, we put so much into this this team and we never get anything back. And at the moment, it's, I, the thing is, I do blame the players, but whatever is a constant in this club is these owners. Now, for me, I'm proper going on the rant now, but for me, those players don't have ambition, don't want to succeed in a sense, because they've got owners that don't care in whether we succeed. It's always top four. Like, for, I just, if you want to say anything, I think that I can see it. Do you want to, do you want to? No, no, I'm actually disagreeing with everything you're saying because I think if I went around, we could be here all night. But uh, no, I totally agree with everything you're saying there in this. There's something empirically wrong with Spurs. Like, it's it's a core. It's not just the players. The players are obviously, majority of the blame goes there for the on-field stuff. But there's something wrong when the likes of Kane want to leave a world-class player from Spurs, a Spurs boy who has come out, he said he wants to do it all with Spurs and now he wants to leave. There's something wrong behind the scenes there. That is not Kane. That is not the, the players or the manager. There's something else wrong there and there's a poisonous atmosphere in the club and there's only one uh, group of people responsible for that, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, something something needs to change in, in the mentality as well. And you know, people talk yeah. about this, rival fans, a lot. This has been a problem for as long as I can remember, you know, mm. for, you know, for all, all Harry Kane's positives, you know, one of the things that I, I get annoyed about is the fact that I don't know how it happens, but he always gets injured directly before a final. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like Champions League <laughs> final, injured, Carabao Cup final, yeah. injured. And that's why I think a lot of clubs may be put off by Harry Kane, the high price tag, um, the oh, fact that he's 28 years old and the fact that he's, he has constant ankle injuries every season. But I want to talk last night about um, the inability to make a tackle. Now, I don't know how, like, how closely you watched the game last night, but obviously when we're streaming and we're watching the game, like it's just because there's no noise. Like It's apparent. And like I don't know how many times I saw Hoiberg, Winks, Ali, and several others track somebody back to a point where they could make a tackle and then just didn't bother. You know, and that I can't, Delhi, I can't night, I get with that. Yeah. Huh? Delhi last night, I was actually depressed looking at his attempts. He just walking around the field. Yeah. Having a laugh with Grealish and stuff. Like, what are you at, yeah, man? You're yeah, playing a game exactly. of football. What are you doing? Like, 
No, exactly. I think also think like um, I've been dis. Look, I'm not going to dis Ryan Mason at all, right? The guys come into a job yeah. at like the lastminute.com and you know done the best he can do. The issue that I have with him though is that his inability again to do anything whilst the game's happening. He doesn't speak. He doesn't shout. There's no instructions from what I can see. You know, Regan last night after he scores the own goal and then gives away the second. He should be pulled off straight away. And they should have put Tanganga left back and brought Orion right back. That should have happened immediately because it was just a disaster. But there seemed nothing. Nobody last night had any ability to grab somebody. And say, I wanted to see Hugo Lloris battering someone again like he did with Son. You know, I, that we need back. And that, at the time, I was shocked by it. Now I completely get why Jose said that, you know? Because mm. you need somebody during a game to stand there and grab regular and say can you carry on in this game or are you going to keep messing up and if you can't and his head's gone then we need to replace you know there needs to be somebody there to do it but and look the board is crap at the moment and as i said unless they invest this summer i'm done but there's something that needs to be done internally whereby this prima donna attitude and this self-entitled bullshit is drained out of these players and if they can't do it then they can go because, you know, someone mentioned last night about having Antonio Conte as the Spurs boss. You know, whether that would happen or not, I, I don't know. But my God, he would kick the player's ass, yeah, you know? Man. And whether that's the right thing or not, I, I don't know. But we something needs to change with that. Under Poch, it was great. You know, people loved him and, and great. But towards the end, you saw that um, Self-entitled attitude. Under Jose Mourinho, it didn't change. It got worse. And now it's the worst it's ever been, I think. No one even bothers anymore. No. And this is the thing. And they keep banging on about it, but they never refresh when we needed to refresh. And now we've got these characters in this club because they've had an easy ride for so long. And that's just the way it's gone. And the thing is, we've we've fallen... Well, we weren't even at Grace in a sense. We were moving up to Grace and now we've fallen off a cliff again because they made mistake after mistake after mistake. And now I'm in a delightful mood. But thank you both. <laughs> thank you both for joining me today. Obviously, the best way to get things off your chest and be able to be a bit happier is to talk about it. So I do really appreciate you both coming on. Um, thank you to Spurs News, aka Dara. I must say, I loved it when you said Mother of God. I was having, um, what's it called, line of duty vibes then. Yeah. So thank you. But, um, where can everybody find you, Dara? Uh, yeah, you can find me at Spurs News underscore on Twitter. Um, you won't be able to find me anywhere else. Um, solely keep myself on Twitter uh, for my own sanity. Um, but um, just before I go, Holly, thanks a million for having me. And everyone should be subscribed to this channel if you haven't already. And fair play to you and Luke, um, rivalry side as well. So, um, yeah, get following the two of them guys, they're fantastic stuff. Well, thank you, Dara. And obviously, Luke, where can we find you and where can we find the snazzy little pictures that we have on the back of us as well? Um, so yeah, you can find us at rivalry side TV on uh TikTok, we don't use too much, but uh, YouTube and Twitter. It's not only Spurs stuff, we do obviously all your Spurs watch along, Spurs chat. But we also have um, a really big show coming up on Sunday. So I can't announce it yet, but it's going to be like a really big show for the end of the season. Um, something that not really many other channels do. Um, so keep your eyes peeled to that. It's going to be quite exciting. Um, yeah, you can find us there. We could do with some subscribers. So yeah, give us a subscribe if you want to. Um, but obviously, 
Holly, thank you very much once again. Everyone, make sure you, first of all, click the like button on this video, click the subscribe on this video as well, and go and follow Dara as well. Um, yeah, I appreciate you guys coming on. It's good therapy, isn't it, the day after yeah. to get it get it done and move on. I'm just saying I'm glad I didn't do it last night because um, I would have been headbutting walls as we spoke. <laughs> yeah. But um, regardless, no, thank you both for joining me. Make sure you check out all their content and things like that. I will put links in the descriptions, but as per usual, I've never organised before a show. So um, please make sure you go follow them. And I want to say thank you to everyone in the comments. As you know, I'm never going to get any good at pulling everybody's comments up at the same time just because the, the way the conversation changes left, right and centre. But I do appreciate every one of you in this uh, chat today. So thank you very much. And until next time, hopefully for the last time of this season on Sunday, thank God, uh, come on you Spurs. <laughs>